I, I've got to take this moment as my as my opportunity to introduce him to you, him and Amy and their family. And I know he'll probably take a little bit more time and introduce them more appropriately and properly. But Chris was the very first full time pastor that we hired when Deb and I came here. Uh, we had been here a year and a half, and the church grew to the point that we were able to finally have a full time youth pastor. And Chris was probably 21 or 22, coming out of Bible college. And uh, I'll tell you, he was a ball of energy. If those of you that are still here remember how he was. How many of y'all remember, remember Chris when he was here before? Can you remember anything he preached? You want me to tell you why you can't remember what he preached? Because he talked so fast. He could preach an hour and a half message in 10 minutes tops. I mean... This guy should have, if he had not been called to preach, he should have been an auctioneer. But he could go. Could he not go? And our youth loved this guy. They had so much fun. Our youth group exploded under his leadership. Deb and I just loved him. And and uh, we had so much fun around him. It broke our hearts when he left. But I'll tell you, we know that it was the Lord's will uh, because of where God has taken him from there. If he'd have stayed around here, he never would have met his wife. He never would have experienced the, full, the fun ministry he had at other churches apart from here. And he never would have ended up on the mission field, perhaps. He might have, but he might not have uh, because the Lord was leading him on a journey. But we got to be a part of that, that early time of ministry in his life. And I like to feel like that part of his mission's DNA came from the vision and the heartbeat that we had here at Trinity and so uh, I could talk about him a lot more, and I want to, but I'm not going to take up his time doing it. But I love these guys, and I'm so glad that they're here. And I, I wish you would put your hands together right now and welcome them as our guests. It's good to be here. Some things have changed in the last 20 years, you know. Pastor Darren and Debbie took a chance on me when I had knew, like, very little. And uh, thankful for the opportunity to be here. I still miss being here. That's a great church. And it's good to be back. I just want to say this is my wife, Amy, uh, my daughter, Karis, my son, Gideon, and they are so faithful. My kids go everywhere with us when we travel, and we are going to get back to Prague and make a difference in Prague, Czech Republic. All right, guys? Amen? How many of you guys are thankful that God is faithful? God is so faithful. He is so incredibly faithful. Sometimes we feel like he's not. Sometimes we wonder where he goes, but God is faithful. My prayer in my life is that I may know Christ, uh, Philippians 3.10, like Paul prayed. I want to know him. And did you know that sometimes knowing Christ means you have to go through something? You have to face some difficulties. You have to face some challenges. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, in view of God's great mercy, give your life as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable act of worship. If God has changed your life, give him your life back. If he saved you, give him your life. You can trust him with your life. He will direct your steps. He will show you what he wants for you, and you will live the life you were created to live. Amen? You're saved by grace, not by works, lest anyone boast. But God has work for you to do that he's prepared for you in advance. And he wants you to know him. Jesus came in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 to Andrew and Simon. He said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, right? Come follow me. He's offering you the opportunity to follow him because if you follow him, you will get to know him. If you follow him, you will know him deeply. John eight thirty two says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciple, my follower. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? The word word in that verse is logos from John chapter 1, which is also the word in that passage. So if you follow the word, which is Jesus, in the beginning was the word, the word is with God, the word was God, right? 
you'll begin to know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, you'll know the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you know the truth, he'll set you free. Amen? For us, Prague was just our continuing, just our next step in life. Um, for many years, tried to get to the mission field. About 12 years, tried to get there. My wife's mom passed away two months into our marriage with cancer. We couldn't go then. A few years later, tried to go the next time. My dad got sick and passed away an hour after we got the call. Life sometimes is hard. It's difficult. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't have anything. I want to encourage you guys to go after him, to seek him, to love him, to serve him. The disciples followed him in Matthew chapter 4. They dropped everything. They dropped their nets and they dropped their lives and went after him. And if you read it, uh, Matthew 5 is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6 just talks about the healings and things he did, uh, prayer and giving. Um, goes on, other things, it talks about healings through Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. And in eight, verse 18, it says this. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then the teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the, on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Can I like, come down here because I feel like I'm so far away from you guys? Um, we went to Prague about three years ago now, and we got there, and we were so excited to be there. Never been to Europe before. Uh, stepped off the plane. It was exciting. Has anybody ever been to Prague, Czech Republic? It's a beautiful city, isn't it? We get there, and like within an hour, it felt like it wasn't vacation anymore. Like we are really living here. We are really in this place. The, like the second night there, I still can't sleep. And, the, and all of a sudden, there's all these explosions going off. And this is like in September, right? Like, what is going on? We come to find out later that the Russians celebrate everything. So, like, there's fireworks all kinds. Of, every night of the week, there's fireworks, you know, and you're like, I am not settling here. This is not good, you know. The first two years, things were extremely tough for our family. We wanted to serve Christ in missions because we feel like God has done so much in our lives, and we really want to honor him with our lives. You ever have that feeling like you just want to give something back? And I wanted so badly to know Jesus. I wanted so badly to be close to my wife. I wanted so badly to be close to Christ. And we wanted to honor him because we feel like if you love Christ, you're going to obey him, right? God calls us to missions because most of the world does not know Jesus like you know him. And if it's good news to you, it's good news to somebody else. The gospel is the greatest good news ever, right? And so we want everybody in the world to know how great that good news is. So we get to Prague and we're thinking, we're going to start this church. It's going to be awesome. Like, it was easy from the very beginning, wasn't it, Pastor Darren? To get here, it was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was simple. And we get there and we're so excited, but... Just one thing after another, just kind of a couple of quick examples. And if you guys were in the college uh, service, I apologize if you hear the same stories. Please forgive me. But we get there, and it's just like small things all the time. We try to get our post, our mail from the, from the state. Somebody sent us a package of goodies or whatever. And somebody sent us beef jerky. And I love beef jerky, but you can't send beef jerky, and you can't send cheese to the Czech Republic. You just can't do that. So they charge us $40 to pick up this package. And we had to go through like six windows to get this package. And then we didn't even get the beef jerky. The guy threw it away. And I'm like, or he ate it. I don't know what happened. But I'm like, this is not cool, you know. And so, so many little things like that happened. We almost got taken out in the crosswalk. We, Amy was at the post office, got in the wrong line. And she got cussed out by the guy behind her. This is life in the Czech Republic. We were at the store one day and some little grandma bumps my daughter, Karis. Look at Karis. Karis, you say hi. She is mean looking, isn't she? She's tough, scary. 
this grandma bumps her with her cart, and she growls at her, like, like that to Karis. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I looked at her, and I said, excuse me, man. I said, like that to her. I was so tense, and so we, I'm telling you, you guys don't have any idea how tense it can be. Amy waited on a parking space one day for 45 minutes. This was every single day trying to get into our apartment, 45 minutes to an hour. How many of you guys would be, that, would be pretty tense after 45 minutes trying to get into your house? This lady backs all the way down the street and backs into the parking space. And Amy's like, you've got to be kidding me. I have sat here waiting on his parking space for 45 minutes, and she backed in all the way down the street and, and almost hit me trying to get in the And the lady could care less. Amy starts yelling at her and stuff. She's getting really mad. And I hear it from upstairs, like the third floor, and I'm like, uh-oh, i got to get down there and see what's going on, you know. We are mild people. We are not mean people. We are not argumentative people. But that kind of changed the first couple years, right? It got so tough and so tense. And then the big things started to happen. From the moment we arrived in the Czech Republic, my daughter's body shut down physically. Her body quit growing. She lost her teeth and it never came in. Her hair would not grow out. Her body, she kept getting bigger and bigger. She would not eat. And we're like, what is going on with her? We didn't understand what was up. At first, we just thought she was just small and she wasn't growing. Two years of this. My son had a dream one night that we died in his dream. And since we didn't know anybody in the Czech Republic, he didn't know who to call, didn't know what to do. He... The next day at school, he's, he's, he's waiting on us to pick him up, and, and we don't show up to pick him up on time. He really thought we died in Prague. He thought he was all alone in the city. He didn't know anybody, didn't speak the language very well, didn't know anybody closely or intimately or personally. And from that moment on, for the next year and a half, my son would have to call us to make sure we we're still alive. It set off severe anxiety in his life. We even had to come home in the first year and a half to try to get him help with counseling, Christian counseling. And we thought we weren't going to make it. I went to Germany one day with my family. This is kind of a funny story, but um, we forgot to pay for gas. And because uh, Amy went and paid for the snacks, and I was supposed to pay for the gas, but I thought she was going to pay for the gas. And we leave about an hour down the road. A German policeman pulls me over, and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Why am I getting pulled over for? I'm only doing 100 miles an hour because it's the Autobahn, which is really cool. I have a Toyota RAV4 speed of light car, so thank you guys for giving the speed of light. But it cannot keep up with the BMWs and the Porsches and everything else, which is really stinks if, you're like, if you like to drive. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, why are you pulling me over? And he says, did you pay for gas? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't pay for gas. Oh, I didn't pay for gas. And so we had to go back to the station with him. I thought it was going to be okay. I tried to give him some money. That didn't go over very well. I said, can I pay you? He said, you can't pay me. I'm like, all right, all right. So we go back to the station. There are five police cars sitting at the gas station. I feel like a criminal, right? They take me back in this back room, this small little room. It's, it's like a little office room. And the owner is sitting there not happy to see me. And I, I have to give my story like five or six times. Why did you steal gas? I didn't mean to steal gas. And they said to me, I said, what are you doing in the Czech Republic? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they just started laughing. The guy fell off the chair almost. He was just, a pastor stealing gas. Ha, 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 ha. They thought it was the funniest thing they ever heard. And they're talking to each other, ribbing each other. Ha, ha. I'm like, this is not funny, you know. He goes outside to get my wife's passport, and she thinks she's going to jail with me, and we think our kids are going to have to raise each other, those kind of things. It's going to be a bad life for us, right? And we are there for like an hour and 15 minutes, and he fills out this long piece of paper in German, and he says, I want you to sign that, and I'll let you go. My dad told me never sign anything I didn't understand. And I'm like, I am in trouble, right? I said, can I trust you? He says, you can trust me. I'm like, okay, I'm not thinking this is a good idea. But I signed the paper. We're driving down the road about 15 minutes later, and Amy says to me, she says, why don't you put that on Facebook? That was funny. And I'm still going like this. 
I am shaking, man. I didn't want to put that on Facebook. I'm like, this is not the time for this, right? But that was life for us. There's so many difficult things for us. My kids had such a struggle. Our life was so difficult. And we begin to wonder if God really even cared. The disciples, if you read in Matthew chapter 8, they're in the boat and the storm comes up. It's the same boat he ordered them to get into. He told them to get in the boat. He took them across the lake. He knew what was going to happen in their lives. And he knew that where they needed to be, right? Sometimes that kind of part of life hurts. It stinks. How many of you guys would say that sometimes life is really, really hard? And it's, there's not easy answers. There's not. We used to lay in bed at night and wonder sometimes if God even existed anymore. Because I felt nothing. For two years, felt nothing. My wife felt nothing. Our kids are struggling. My son's struggling. My daughter's struggling. We start a church, and the national church doesn't want us to meet anymore because somebody came from their church to our church in the afternoon at a different time for Bible study. They didn't like that because they didn't like this lady because she did something they didn't like. So they shut our church down for the most part. So two years into it, we're sitting there and we're thinking, why are we even here? Why are we here? There's nothing good here. There's nothing working out right. My daughter is so shy. The first year she can't make any friends. She sits by herself on the playground and reads books every, every, every recess. And she had friends before she left. And you begin to wonder if God even cares about you anymore. Because, see, I was told when I stepped out in faith that God would meet me. I was told if I stepped out in faith, God would show up in a mighty way and it would be really cool and God would get the glory and all that kind of stuff. You know what? He wasn't there. That's what it felt like. We're in a culture where you, it's very hard to make friends. For an example, you stand in Starbucks in America. How long does it take to make a friend? Five seconds. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. What are you getting? Macchiato, macchiato. Yeah, that's great. You want to see my kids? You want to come over this weekend? You know, those kind of things. But in the Czech Republic, that same conversation takes two years. We went to church at the Czech church for two years. Nobody ever invited us over in two years. These are the Christian people. And then there's everybody else. It was hard. And I want to kind of share with how faithful God has been. God took the disciples in the boat because he wanted them to see that he had authority over everything, authority over nature. In the preceding passage, he had authority over sickness, right? He has authority over us if we belong to him. He has authority over everything. Two years into it, my wife is going to the grocery store, and, and she pulls the eggs out, and the eggs fall over. The top one falls over in the case next to it, right? And how many of you guys know that's just a cardinal sin? That's just awful. You should be taken to jail for that, right? Well, the lady behind the counter, she just starts screaming at her. Blah, 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 you know, and check. And Amy's like, ah, you know, and she's crying. And she comes home and she says, I hate these people. I want to go home. And I'm like, Amy, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a house to live in. We sold our stuff. I don't know. I've, I'll call Darren and Debbie. So let me live, in, live with them again. Would that work? I got to go somewhere. We had nothing. I said, if you'll give me a couple months, we'll, we'll find something. We'll leave the Czech Republic. Because we traveled around for a year and a half, drove 75,000 miles to raise our budget to go to a nation to tell people about Jesus. And we really felt like we weren't a good investment. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times in missions, missionaries feel a lot of pressure because they want to produce something because they want you to support what they're trying to do. And I tell you something, I didn't feel like I was a good investment. And I felt very discouraged and very frustrated. I'm like, I don't understand this, Jesus. All I wanted to serve you and honor you. So tears into it, this happens, and we're like, we'll just go home. We're at a retreat a couple weeks later, and our area director is praying over us, and we had already decided we're going to come back no matter what because somebody else should not have to go through the same thing we went through to get to this point, right? And he, he said to us, he said, Chris and Amy, if you guys will come back, you will see the greatest harvest you've ever seen in your life. 
Let's see the greatest harvest. About a week later, I had a young Czech friend of ours, a Christian friend of ours. She came over, and she uh, was praying for us, and she said the same thing. If you'll come back, you'll see the greatest harvest you've ever seen. I just want to share you a few stories about some of the people we've met, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk an extremely long amount of time this morning, but I want to share some personal things that happened. God began to do some amazing things with us. We found out our best friends are going to come work with us to plant the church. Um, so now we have friends are going to be back with us in Prague. We started getting calls from other people wanting to come work. We got a couple and a family from Indiana wants to come work with us. Got a young lady from Alabama coming to work with us. So God's brought all these people from all over to come back with us. We have about 10 to 15 checks that want to come work with us and that we've met over the years. And now they've become good friends of ours, and they're already asking us when we're coming back. So God has produced a team to start a church. Guys, sometimes life is extremely hard. But on the other side of the storm, there are people that need Jesus. In fact, Jesus, they get off the boat, and Jesus delivers the demoniac in the next passage and sets him free from what, from what he was dealing with. Just think if they wouldn't have gone across the lake to visit him, if they wouldn't have stuck it out, if they wouldn't have trusted in Jesus, they wouldn't have gone with him. Missions is not numbers. It's personal. We make it about 1 million here, 50 million here, 3% here. The bottom line is those are real people that need Jesus. I'm going to share with you just three quick stories. Um, Amy went and got her hair done one day, and, and uh, we've been going to the same place for a little while. And Amy goes in there, and she sits down, and she says, I want blonde hair like she's got. It's beautiful, right? It's also expensive. But anyway, uh, she sits down, and uh, the lady does her hair, and she leaves like a, like a bright, rust red-looking streak down the middle of it, right? And the lady starts crying, like just bawling, tears, you know. And she's outside. She's running out. She's smoking, and she's crying. She's smoking, and she's crying. And she comes back in, and Amy's like, oh, you know. And so she does it again. This time it turns into like a pink, like a, like a bright pink. And Amy's like, this is not going good, right? So Amy's there for literally three to four hours trying to get her hair done. And she sends me a text. She says, you're going to have to get pizza. Pick the kids up, get pizza. I'm not coming home for a while. This is bad. This is not good. It's about the third time Petra does her hair, and it turns into like a silvery, lavender, Katy Perry look, right? And Amy's like, this is not good, right? All the Russian ladies loved it. It was awesome. But she, she had her hair done like that, and all the young, all the young girls were like, this looks really good. Amy and Amy's like, I'm not going for this look, you know? But at the, end of that, at the end of that time with Petra, God spoke to Amy and said, you make sure you pay her well for this. And Petra says, you don't have to pay me. She is crying because I ruined your hair. I messed you up. I'm so sorry. You don't have to pay me. Amy said, I want to pay you because you've been nice to me. You're one of the very few people who have been nice to us in the city. And so she, she pays her. She gives her a huge tip. And at that moment, Petra became our friend, like I'm mean, our, our good friend. Fast forward to Christmas. We're walking around our neighborhood, passing out banana bread and Bibles to all of our international people we've met. And we go into Petra's salon and take her the Bible and the banana bread, and she kisses all of us and hugs all of us, and she's crying, and she's like, oh, my friends. And that same day on Facebook, she put a picture of the Bible. Her whole family is atheists. They don't believe in Jesus. Put a picture of the Bible and the banana bread and said, my best friends, Chris and Amy, came by to see, see me today. People don't treat each other like that in Prague. Then we went to Unabella Canzo, my favorite pizza place, walked in there. Zorn greets us and hugs us. He's from Macedonia. And he's like, oh, Chris, how are you? And we're like, Merry Christmas. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he opens up his present. And he says, all right, let's do shots together. I'm like, well, we're not going to do shots, Zorn, but Merry Christmas. You know, this is really awesome. But we made friends. And just last month, Zorn sent me a message. When are you coming back? We need to go get beer together. I'm like, all right, we'll come back. We're probably not going to get beer together. But we're going to hang out, you know. I don't care what you, I'm not judging you. I'm not saying that. But it's like Jesus loves people. He loves people. 
And for me, growing up in, a, in, in Oklahoma, life has been so different for me in Prague. My landlord's from Afghanistan. My next-door neighbor's from Egypt. The people that God has brought into our lives are from all over the world. And you begin to see people differently. And the last story I want to share was this um, before I show our video. There's a little boy named Saeed that goes to school with my kids. And he is from Pakistan. His dad is the envoy from Pakistan. And it's like the ambassador. And they're there in Prague. My kids go to international school and with 45 nations of kids. And Saeed tells Gideon, I have to leave in two days. Or they have to leave. Their family has to leave immediately for whatever reason. And Gideon comes home, and he just starts crying. He says, Dad and Mom, Saeed is leaving, and I've never told him about Jesus. I wish we were all like that, that we all cared enough about somebody's soul and eternal salvation that we tell them about Jesus. So Gideon goes back to school a day later and takes his Jesus Calling devotional and gives it to Saeed. And Saeed hugs Gideon, and he's happy. And he finds my wife later that day because Amy volunteered at the school. And, and he told Amy, he said, Gideon will be my friend for life. And then Saeed got on the plane or whatever and flew back to Pakistan the next day. We'll probably never see him again, but I believe God has something for that kid's life. God did some amazing work in our life and amazing work through us. We're just ordinary average people that said yes to Jesus. And because of that, there's going to be a church in Prague, Czech Republic. In the last year and a half, God's healed my daughter. She's gained almost a foot, grew almost a foot, and lost 25 pounds. My son is overcoming his, his problems, his struggles, his fears, and he's becoming a man of God, a wonderful young man. He was a priest of his class, which he got to serve in that role. He got to give the gospel to all of his friends five weeks in a row at school because they studied ancient Rome, and he was the priest, so he could talk about anything he wanted. God has a good, God's cool, isn't he? And in this video, you'll see Petra and her husband, and you'll see Miyuki and Kay, good friends of ours, Japanese friends are also atheists, asking about Jesus. They've asked us about Jesus. Um, Petra said, if we'll start a church, her and our family will come. That's why we send missions out. That's where we go. Keep going. Keep following Jesus. If you continue my word, you will be my disciple. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Here's our video of Heart Prague. There are 1.2 million reasons to Heart Prague. And when you invest in missions, you invest in these people, invest in planting churches in Europe. This is what Heart Prague is all about. God bless you guys. Galatians 6, 9 says, if you don't grow weary in doing what's right, in due time you reap a harvest if you don't give up. And if you believe it's good news to you, it's going to be good news to somebody else. Amen? Jesus is good news. He's good news. Could you guys pray with me this morning if you don't mind? Uh, my friends Aaron and Julie, they're going to help us with the church. They are leaving in 10 days to go back to Prague. And so they've traveled and they've itinerated for quite a while now, and they're going. they've raised their budget. They're going back here in about a week and a half. Can we pray for them together? Would that be all right? And also pray for our friends in Czech this morning because they live in a nation that's less than 1% evangelical Christian. Between 60 and 80% of the nation of the Czech Republic claim to be atheist or agnostic. So when we say the Czech needs Jesus, the Czech needs Jesus. You guys will pray with me. And I want to pray one more. Th- I want to say one more thing. If you feel like God has a calling on your life, would you just slip your hand up? I want to pray with you this morning. Got a calling. A calling can be anything, but you know God has called you to do something specific. I want to pray for you guys this morning as well. Lord, I love you and praise you and thank you, Father, for, for everything you do in our lives. You are so faithful. You are so good. Lord, sometimes it seems like we're all alone and that you somehow are not there, but God, you promised that you'd never leave us or forsake us. And I believe it's true, God. 
because you have never left us or never forsaken us, God. We thank you for your faithfulness. I pray in the name of Jesus you'd bless Aaron and Julie as they travel back and you'd give them a safe trip. Help them, God, to settle in, God. Just please go before them and take care of them. I pray in the name of Jesus for all of our friends in the Czech Republic that are ready to start the church, that you'd prepare their hearts, God. Please bless them today, Jesus. I pray for all those that raise their hands this morning, God. I pray that you'd bless them and take care of them. Help them to have the courage to follow through with the calling you placed on their life, God, whatever it may be. God, it's not that some things are, are sacred and some things aren't or some things are, are calling and some things aren't. There's something you've created us to do, all of us, for a purpose. And I pray that we would just trust you with our lives and say anything to you, anything you want, God. I love you and praise you. I lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.